the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America I stand proud of Welcome everyone This is Karen Schoen. You are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. The Alliance is working on a project. Please, folks, get involved. If you are not in Florida, that is okay. Go to the Alliance website. You're welcome to pull down anything you want. And take a look at the porn report. We had over 60 people going through books in the libraries in Florida, and boy, were they filled with porn. On a side note, Hillary Clinton and her wonderful daughter, Chelsea, think that these books should be in our libraries. So my answer to that one is, after you, sweetheart, let me see you read one of these books to your granddaughter or your grandchildren or your children you you first so you follow first what you're saying they don't folks because their children are going to private school so chelsea the apple doesn't fall far from the tree your parents were perverted and i guess you will be also Moving right along, I stumbled upon something as I was delving into research for this week's show, and it kind of explains what type of atmosphere we are being pushed into today as far as our government is concerned, because the policies that they have going won't work unless we have a tyrannical form of government. And a tyrannical form of government is a system of government that is centralized and it's run by dictators and requires complete subservience to the state. And that's called tyranny. It is also called totalitarianism. And totalitarianism is the same thing It is a unrestrained exercise of power. You have to comply with what the state is telling you or else, or else they'll show up with one of their 87,000 IRS agents knocking on your door telling you what are you doing because they saw a YouTube or a video that was against what the government was trying to espouse. Um, I saw this quote, and I wanted to share it with you because to me, it is exactly what their mindset is. It says, of all the tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It may be better to live under the robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His culpability may sometimes be at some point be satiated. But those who torment 
us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. The public is bound to yield obedience to laws which they cannot give their appropriation, and they are slaves then to those who make the laws and enforce them. Now, I thought, wow, that really describes what's going on today because everything is for our own good, for the good of the democracy, for the good of the people, for the good of this. And it's really not for anybody's good except their own. But the interesting thing was when this was written and where it came from. This was written in 1772, and it came out of the Boston Gazette, and it was in a section called Hillbilly Politics. So the same thing in the 1700s that we are experiencing now with an overpowering, tyrannical form of government with a dictator pretending to be a president has happened before. And like I said, everything happens before. And because of this dictatorial approach, this tyrannical approach, we are expected to buy into anything the government says. It doesn't matter what they say, we are expected to buy into it. So I have pulled up three, I think, really abusive myths surrounding their favorite topic, which is our climate, poor climate. And one myth is that the United States is switching to green energy to reduce carbon emissions and our dependency on oil. Well, that is absolutely not true. We are, I believe, uh, pushing into green energy because it is a big payoff for all of those people in the green energy field that supported to the Democrat Party. And if they get paid off, guess what? They'll be able to support the Democrat Party again. That's my opinion. The U.S. produces enough oil for its population, but lacks refineries to refine it because no permits have been issued since 1977 to build a new refinery. I am, have to check on that one, but I have a surprise for everyone. And the last one is petroleum is a fossil fuel with limited supplies and is not renewable. Well, that's a lie also. And when we talk about the climate, I always like to ask Sterling Burnett from the Heartland Institute, because he is the editor. He is now a manager. Congratulations, Sterling. That is absolutely wonderful and has done a remarkable job on explaining the truth about the climate. We have to talk the truth, folks, and we have to be able to tell the opposition, prove it to me. Show me where it happened. Show me where it's going on. Show me where the oceans are rising 12 feet and cities are underwater in other times other than a storm. Show me where that's happening. We don't do that. And as our students are getting more and more involved in affirmative action and less and less involved in science and what is actually going on in the world today, these types of myths get repeated over and over and over again. And as soon as that happens, 
Well, they feel that eventually they will be believed and eventually they are believed. So let's have the myth buster (laughs) join us now. Uh, Sterling, thank you so much for joining me today. It is always a pleasure to have you on. And I always learn so much when you are there. So what do you think? Are we switching to green energy to reduce carbon emissions and dependency on oil? Well, thanks for, oh, first, let me just say, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, my, uh, you, you said I'm a manager. I'm uh, I'm director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. So that's oh, my isn't new that wonderful? sort of title. Um, and um, I found it interesting during your introduction. Um, uh, some things I agreed with, some things I, 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 I questioned. But what was inter- most interesting to me is that quote you gave. And that's because um, I heard a similar quote uh, given much later, um, but I think early 19th century, uh, late, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, late 19th century, early 20th century. Uh, that may be, if, if that if that newspaper article is correct, the date's correct, that may be the first reference to robber barons I've ever heard of, the earliest. Because you normally think of the robber barons as coming about in the late 19th century during the Industrial Revolution, you know, they talked about J.P. Morgan and and uh, John D. Rockefeller and others as robber barons, Andrew Carnegie. Uh, but this is from the 1700s. So, wow, that's uh, that's really going back even before there was sort of an Industrial Revolution. So that surprises me. Um, so are we going all to green energy? Well, look, politically, they're all in. Um They are pushing ever, and when I say they, I mean largely the Democratic Party, uh, a small number of uh, uh, rhinos, Republicans in name only in my opinion, and uh, the corporate and global elites, uh, the woke, woke leadership of this country and globally are really pushing uh, green energy sources. So more more wind, more solar. And a lot of people, a lot of politicians in the states are being steamrolled or they're either buying into lies that green energy is cheaper and reliable. Those are both lies. Uh, so they either don't know better or they're being steamrolled or they're getting some political advantage from it. You're right about that. It's it's a it's pure it's pure payoff. It's patronage. It's not capitalism. It's not even crony capitalism because capitalism is free market exchange. It is uh, corporate welfare, socialism, government directed investment. However you want to put it, and um, it's not good for us to move that in that direction even more than we already have. It wasn't good for us to move as much as we have had. Uh, it's not good for us to move farther into that direction, uh, but we seem intent on doing so. Um, new wind turbines are being built. New solar panels are being, uh, solar farms are being constructed. Uh, more batteries are being built for backup. Uh, reliable sources of energy are being uh, prematurely shut down. And there's a lot of people profiting from it, including the utilities, because the utilities have um, been put in a boat that initially they fought, but then they realized they could make money. So utilities fought for years the idea of replacing coal plants 
lesser to a lesser extent natural gas and existing nuclear plants with wind and solar because a, they were, uh, at least uh, when the, all this stuff was built, they were designed by engineers and they understood that these other sources of energy are unreliable. And they knew they were more expensive and they had properly functioning plants. But government kept laying on more and more regulations to make it harder to keep those plants upgraded and operating profitably. And then the government offered a solution. Hey, why don't you build solar and wind, which they've been fighting? And then, you know, we'll treat it like we treat these other sources, which they suddenly thought, hold it. They're not going to hold me responsible if the grid fails. As long as I'm doing what they tell me to do, which is build more wind and solar and retire coal and nuclear. And the beauty of it for any utility is, and I get cost plus payments. So if I built a $10 million plant and I'm guaranteed a rate of return of 10 or 15%, well, you know, I make, I make, uh, if it's 10%, I make 11 million, you know, I, I get $11 million. Uh, if it's 15, I, I get, uh, um, so 15 of, of a million is, uh, you know, a million hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So why don't I just build the most expensive array of solar panels and wind turbines possible? You know, you don't want to go cheap if they're going to give you guaranteed rate of return. You want to spend as much money as possible. Get those gold toilets, uh, you know, uh, gold-plated toilets and, and, and inkwells and whatever. Uh, really comfy, vibrating computer chairs because it's all rolled into this cost that I get 10% profit or guaranteed 15% profit. Now, who is going to turn that down? Either I compete in the marketplace and maybe my profit is 8%, which was the average for utilities, or I get my my 8% return on the electricity provided, but I also get an additional 15% on all this new construction. I'll tell you what they're going to choose. They're going to choose to do what the government wanted them to do. And the rate payers and the taxpayers pick up the bill. It's always easy for politicians when they're spending other people's money. And that is always a, a big deal when you're absolutely right. It's very easy. I Do you think that any of these companies would be profitable if we weren't paying half their VIG? Well, I don't know. Every one of them would be profitable if we weren't paying their VIG because they would have kept their old plants online that were making money. They, they paid them off. So all they were getting paid for was the energy produced and, and keeping the lines and everything maintained. This is just giving them padding, padding. What wouldn't be built, what would not be going forward is wind and solar and battery backup. Battery backup is the most expensive source of energy possible, except for possibly offshore wind. Um, and yet offshore wind is being built. It's more expensive than onshore wind or solar. It's more expensive than any other source of energy. And yet the Biden administration is pushing it. And as long as the government is willing to guarantee they make a profit on these things, they'll build as much as they as you as the government wants. But they would not be built wind power, offshore wind, onshore wind, solar power, except for a few uses like, you know, in isolated locations where they're not going to run the grid. They're not going to run new power lines to a ranch. 5,000 acres from the nearest road. So, okay, 
offshore, you know, wind may make power, make sense for you there. Solar, isolated solar may, may make uh, sense for you there. It's called distributed power. Uh, but if you can plug into the grid, none of these things make sense on their own. They only make sense if what you're concerned about or what you claim you're concerned about is fighting pro- uh, climate change. So reducing emissions, if that's your prime goal, as opposed to reliable, affordable energy, or just simply padding the bottom line of politically connected uh, companies. They will never be able to get rid of um, fossil fuels because aren't fossil fuels needed to produce electricity? Well, but that's the point. The the solar and the wind. I mean, how do we, how does it get there? You're, you're talking, you're talking about physics and reality. They're not, they don't have to play by the rules. Uh, Look, we have a state called California, uh, biggest state in the nation uh, by population, though it's it's shedding population as fast as it can, as fast as they can flee uh, due to the regulations and the and the poor energy and the uh, poor power supplies and high costs and things, taxes, but still the largest population size in the nation and their power system fails every summer. It's not. It's not occasional. It's expected. They warn. They warn Californians going into the summer. Start planning for brownouts. Start planning for blackouts. This didn't happen twenty years ago. This didn't happen thirty years ago. It happened after they started taking coal, natural gas, uh, closing nuclear plants, taking baseload power offline, and relying more and more on wind and solar and battery backup. It's not a mystery. But they're still doing it. They've set ever stricter goals, and they seem intent to keep going down this rabbit hole that is going to shut down, you know, that's already shutting them down every summer. Uh, they, they push electric vehicles. They say, everyone's got to have an electric vehicle. We're, we're going to phase out uh, internal combustion engine vehicles. But then they tell you, but don't charge your electric vehicle at night when you're home um, because the power system will fail. So well, how does it. that work? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. Or it turns out that they just don't end up charging your electric vehicles because the power system fails anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like if 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 you're in a blackout in the middle of the day, so they tell you not to, to charge at night and you don't, and you hope you find a charging station, but maybe your work has kindly installed charging stations in your parking garage. I suppose a few do. Um and so you can charge there, except now everyone has an electric vehicle and there aren't nearly enough stations. But let's get rid of all that. So now you're charging during the day at your office and you get a blackout. So your car is not charged. So you can't get home. Uh, it's it's madness. But that doesn't mean it's not happening or going to continue to happen. You'd I'd like to think. I, I, I gave a speech probably 20 years ago now. Um in Texas at a, at a conference on energy. And I said, look, eventually reality will slap these people in the face. You can't run a power grid without coal and natural gas and nuclear. So reality will slap them in the face and they'll have to leave these things alone. They, they will not continue to try and power uh, the electric grid on wind and solar uh, because you reach a you reach a point where the power system starts to fail. And I said, and that's more important than cost. Even if they were cheaper, which they're not, even if they were cheaper, what's 
what's most important to people is that they have power. I I was confident in that prediction and I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Since that time, uh, we were talking about Texas's power grid. Uh, Since that time, uh, they've closed uh, multiple, I don't know how many, uh, I know of six coal-fired power plants generating uh, 6,000, you know, six gigawatts of energy. Um, but prob- but 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 more likely, um, and they've built they've overbuilt wind and solar, and so Texas had blackouts in the winter, it, not not in the summer when our peak period was. We had blackouts in the winter, uh, it, it, so I was wrong. Look, politicians, uh, they don't live in the same world we do, unless they are directly affected by the policies that um that they impose and quite often they're not they're rich enough that they can buy their way out right they uh they have their backup generators at their homes they have uh or or they're on a a a subsystem that that didn't fail because they you know because they basically let ERCOT know you better know who's on this subsystem here you shut me off you you were gonna there's gonna be a shuffle at the uh, power system um but uh, even the Capitol shut down during the winter. It, it, it was it was idiotic, but it was predictable. Um, and I would have predicted it if I thought if I had thought that they were that idiotic and stupid. But I, I didn't. And I was wrong. <laughs> I well, was just- Tom, I just read the other day that uh, Granholm the Secretary of Energy has decided that by 2035, all of our military tanks will be electric. Can oh, you tell just, me how that works did, in the did, middle of the desert? Did she just limit it to tanks? Because I thought she said all of our military vehicles. And I was, and when I saw that, my first thought was, thank God she's not the Secretary of, uh, of Defense. So she really doesn't get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have that power. Uh, that's out of her bailiwick. Um, but my second thought was, is she going to get on a military cargo plane that's only electric and fly yeah. from here to see one of our allies in South Africa, for instance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or how, how about the ships? Not. Uh, how about the ships? The only thing I was thinking is that they'll have to have uh, aircraft carriers that are not carrying planes. They're carrying solar panel and wind turbines. Oh, no. They'll just install <laughs> really large masts on them and start going back to sail. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, this is this is uh, this is not this is not back to the future. This is back to the past. This is this is uh you know uh, we're we're going from the nuclear navy to the wind and solar navy and that's madness. Um, yes, it is. So, uh, you know, I saw Granholm said that. Like I said, my first response was, "Thank God she's not the Secretary of Defense. She just doesn't have that power." <laughs> Thank goodness is right. She may have she may have grandiose uh, ambitions, but the Department of Energy does not get to dictate to the Department of Defense. Uh, but. There's a lot of people in the Defense Department who are, uh, you know, dyed in the wool, climate soldiers, climate warriors, all in for whatever Biden dictates. And so if they push to that, well, you know, look, we are already stretching our capacity, our capabilities now. Uh, We face hostile enemies 
uh, in many locations, hostile nations. Um, and uh, we will have tanks that don't operate properly if we go to all electric tanks. They will fail. Plus, what they'll be is they'll be more dangerous to the people in them, right? Because electric vehicles catch fire all the time. Just when they're charging, you don't need an enemy bomb to blow you up if you've got this huge battery pack that, while it's charging, just goes kaboom. You don't need any help from your enemies if you if you go to that system. How does that work with a submarine? <laughs> I, I suspect you get a lot of dead sailors on the bottom of the ocean. Oh my floor. God, how awful. These people are, you're absolutely right. They are absolutely nuts. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot to talk about. And unfortunately, I just looked at the clock and we're almost at the end of our segment. My goodness, time flies talking to you. It's always a pleasure. Tell everyone where they can find you and then we'll tell everyone not to go away and we'll continue our conversation after the break. Well, find me at www.heartland.org or at heartlanddailynews.com, but maybe .org. Okay, and that is Sterling Burnett. Please go and look at his articles. They are incredible. And the thing that I love about Heartland is that they do not write the articles in scientific jargon that nobody can understand. The articles are written so that everyone can understand what they're saying. So if you want to be a purveyor of the truth and stop these insane myths that float around all over the green energy uh, class of morons, uh, then please go and read what's on heartland.com and .org. And for those of you that are in love with Robert Kennedy Jr. and think that he would be a wonderful asset go and look up at some of the things that he thinks about climate, because he thinks that anybody that doesn't agree with Al Gore should be put in prison. So before he becomes president, we have to do a deep dive of what he is all about with energy. And if he hasn't changed his mind, then he's still in the democratic vein of getting rid of fossil fuel, then he should never be near the White House. Don't go away, folks. This is Karen Schoen. We'll be back in a few minutes. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. And we will be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, 
one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, you have to get your kids out of government indoctrination clinics. It is a necessity. Our kids are going to school to become dumb and to learn nothing except hatred. 
and maybe change a gender, which is another conversation for another time. But there are many ways that you can get your children out of public school. And one of those ways is with the program that the Florida Citizens Alliance has come up with, and it is called Micro Schools. So if you are interested, it does not matter where you live. If you are interested, contact me and I will get you in front of the right person uh, for your state for a micro school. If you are in Florida, the new voucher program allows you to get money for your child, even if you are homeschooling because they have finally recognized that homeschooling is a job also. So with that in mind, go to the goflca.org and get in touch. Get in touch with me. You can send me an email to kbshown at bellsouth.net or on my substack, which is karenshown.substack.com. We had, I asked Sterling to hang with us for the next segment because this is so important. Anybody, everyone should know that if you control the energy, you control the country. And this is what we have. These people are extremely controlling and they do their control by forcing insane, ridiculous overly expensive regulations that will not work. And one of those regulations just came up recently. Sterling, I'm going to call on you to explain it to the folks. Yeah, the uh, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has been trying for years to uh, shut down coal, uh, all coal and mostly most natural gas plants. Under Obama, they came up with something called the Clean Power Plan. And it, for the first time ever, the federal government arrogated to itself the authority to regulate, I mean, the, the authority to dictate the electric power system in each of the 50 states. Uh, for more than 100 years, the states have had uh, the responsibility to decide what their power sources are, uh, how the transmission grid was established. Uh, what the generating sources were. Uh, it was left to this. It was not just left to the states. It was believed it was it was the state's uh, responsibility and authority, not not the federal government. Uh, but the federal government has been increasingly uh, intervening there, and finally Biden. I mean uh, Obama wanted a full takeover, and so they set a mission. They tried to do it through the back door. They set emission standards that coal fire power plants and natural gas plants uh, couldn't meet. And uh, this was challenged in the court. The states objected, industries objected, lots of people objected. And the courts held it up and said, no, you can't do that. Uh, we're not going to let it go into effect. Um, uh, we think it's it's an unconstitutional overreach. Um, and uh, the uh, authority, probably, it, it didn't reach the Supreme Court before Trump came in. But um, it, the appellate court said, we're going to put it on hold until the Supreme Court gets a, a, a gander at it. Because they'd previously said, no, you, you're, you're, reaching, you're overreaching on some of this stuff. Now, Trump comes in and scraps the clean power plan. And he, he introduces his own power plan, uh, clean affordable energy plan or something like that. I forget now. It's been a, a few years. And, uh, of course, that was challenged in court by the left, uh, activist groups and things. 
And the courts held it up. They said, well, you know what? Uh, we don't think it's gone through the reg the normal regulatory review. You haven't explained why you are rescinding <laughs> the rules that Obama put in place that have never come into effect because courts have held them up. Um, and so we were left in limbo. And now Biden says, we're not going to defend the Trump rule. We're going to write our own. The Biden rule is even more onerous than the Obama rule, which the courts held up. And it's got less authority because since that time in the middle of summer, the Supreme Court ruled in West Virginia v. EPA. And it ruled that the EPA uh, didn't have, through this one obscure provision of uh, the Clean Air Act, didn't have the authority to dictate the energy system for the entire country. Uh, they said that runs afoul of what's called the major questions doctrine. And when major questions are at issue, Congress must speak clearly. So Biden's ignoring that ruling. He thinks that he's got the authority. And so his new dictate, uh, it, it hasn't come out yet. It's been, it's been promised now for two weeks. They, they, they put, sent out feelers. I'm wondering if they're reconsidering some because they sent out feelers uh, a few weeks ago saying, oh, we're about to announce this great plan. It'll be announced in the next couple of days. Well, two weeks later, it still hadn't been announced. From what the preliminary leaks were, it doesn't say no more coal, no more natural gas, which is what they were saying. Oh, no, uh, which is what Obama basically dictated. It said you can still have coal and natural gas so long as you implement carbon capture and storage, which means you have to attach technology that doesn't exist to your smokestack and capture all the carbon dioxide and pump it through pipelines that don't exist to big storage areas that don't currently, uh, that we, we don't know exist and we don't know what will happen if we pump CO2 under pressure into these uh, areas. We do know, the evidence suggests that we don't have enough of them to store all the carbon dioxide. Uh, so as long as they do all those things that don't exist, uh, they can they can continue operating. Well, that's the death knell. Now, I should say some coal plants are all in favor of it. Some some energy systems are in favor of it. Why? Well, the government's going to pay help pay for it. They're going to they're going to give them grants and subsidies to build the carbon capture and technology to build the pipelines. They'll approve the pipelines to store this technology. Now, environmentalists will challenge every pipeline, and they'll challenge every installation, and in the end, they will fail and we'll have no coal and natural gas. Why do I know they'll fail? Well, we've we've had the technology around for 20 years now. When I say the technology doesn't exist, what I mean is it doesn't exist in a form that works. They've been subsidizing the development of this technology for 20 years. I know of one, I think two power plants tried test cases, basically, and they failed. The, the, the technology failed repeatedly. They had to shut the plant down. They'd work on the technology. They'd op they'd turn the plant back on. A couple of days later, it fails again. So finally, they just gave up. They said, look, we, we can't get this to work properly. So if they can't get the capture technology to work properly and, and, and the power stations to stay online, you can't have your power station going offline every few days because the capture technology fails. They shut them down, but that's the new standard. That was a test case. They, they said, we're going to try it. It failed. And rather than saying, well, it, it, it failed, they're saying now, 
Well, we know the present technology failed, but we're confident that sometime in the future it will succeed and they better make it succeed on a very, very short timeline or they'll be out of business. I'm sitting here with my mouth open because I cannot, again, believe the stupidity of these people. But it, it just is incredible. And I go back again to their poor education where they have bought into this program that Carbon dioxide is a poisonous gas that's killing us and is a creation and creating uh, climate change. It's not. Karen, I think you're being kind. (laughs) Um, And I say that because I don't think it's stupidity at all. I think it's evil. I think it's authoritarianism. It's what can we do to say we're trying to save fossil fuels while killing them? Because what we really want is no fossil fuels. And we really don't want things to work very well. We, we don't care if the poor suffer. We don't care if you have to make trade-offs between paying your electric bill and paying your, your mortgage and buying food or buying medicine. We don't care. We're rich. We're powerful. We think climate is the only thing that's important or making money is the only thing that's important. Basically, they're telling the poor to take a leap and they're telling the power system to collapse. Now, why was this... Venom pointed at the fossil fuel industry. And I wonder if anybody really asked that question and came up with an answer. Well, look, the fossil fuel industry has always been uh, disliked by a segment of the population. In the past, it was pretty dirty. It was operated in sometimes by sort of unscrupulous characters. You know, John D. Rockefeller kept gasoline prices low when he was a monopolist. Why? Because he didn't want competition. And when he had competition... There's at least a modicum of evidence he did some pretty unsavory things to put him out of business. And fossil fuels have been dirty, right? You know, when when they didn't have catalytic converters on cars, when coal plants were allowed by government to operate willy nilly because they uh, got rid of all the property rights defenses that could be used to stop pollution. And they did that in the early uh, 20th century, overrode common law. It was pretty dirty. A coal plant with no technology keeping it clean is a dirty plant. There's no question about that. No one likes coal dust on their cars or to breathe it. It's not good for you. No one likes uh, seeing smoke burning out of tailpipes. There there was a segment of the population that always hated it, despite the many advantages that they produced. And then you had the environmental movement come about, right? In the early 70s, when they said, we're running out of resources, uh, we're destroying the planet, uh, people are dying, And so we've got to stop this. We've got to come up with new technologies. And it's been building ever since to where even though the technologies are so much cleaner, modern coal plants operate cleanly. Modern natural gas plants are a wonder is how how clean they operate. Modern vehicles, uh, the the emission standards they have to pass uh, is fantastic. Our cities are safe from air pollution. Our waters are largely safe from factory pollution, but they want to ratchet up ever more because now there's a subsegment of the population that are that are either Luddites or they think they have the holy ground, right? They believe they believe that we're killing Gaia. They they they're they're pagans or something. Right. Oh yes, we can't kill Mother Earth. That's real important. I also think I was thinking the other day, in most countries the source of energy is owned by the government. And 
in this new totalitarian government, totalitarian, remember folks, means total, means all, means they want to own everything. In America, the fuel companies are, well, they're publicly traded, but many of them are privately held. They're not owned by the government. I believe that they want to put them out of business so that they can own them and control them and do what they want. Well, I think... I think we have a different system here. There's communism where the, the supposedly the workers own the means of production, but we know it's the government that owns the means of production. But then there was national socialism. Some people may have heard of it. Mm-hmm. And and under national socialism, the government didn't own the industry. They just told the industry what it was supposed to make and do. So it still resided in private hands. There were still people making profits, but the government determined what they were producing. Sounds like fascism to me. <laughs> well, you know, there you go. That's that's my point is I don't think they want to they don't want to own. They want Exxon still paying taxes. They want other these other companies still paying taxes. They just want them paying taxes on producing things that the government tells them this is what you got to produce now. You, your, your, your stockholders are still going to get some money but you won't be producing the product that you produced before. Well, again, folks, remember, they lie. And every time they lie, it hurts us. So we have to be really diligent and make sure we get the right people in office for the next go round, because four more years of this regime, and as Sterling said, we'll be going backwards and we'll be lucky if we can find candles to be able to uh, see in the nighttime when they shut off the electricity. I don't think people realize that in many of the third world countries, uh, they might have 12 hours on and 12 hours off. They do not have a Electric electricity like we do in America. Their goal is to turn America into the third world country. So imagine 12 hours on and 12 hours off. And if you think that won't happen, just remember one word, two words, smart meters, click off, gone, and now nothing will work. And this is one of the reasons why they put the smart meters in place. And of course, being beholden to China, where do all of these materials come from? They come from China, don't they, Sterling? Oh, that's right. You know, we went from dependence on OPEC, a variety of countries who didn't often have our interest in mind, to energy independence for a few short years under Trump, to reliance on China for energy, because the technologies and the minerals needed for all these green energy technologies, they're not being mined here, folks. We can't build a mine here. They're not being mined here. They're not being refined here. They're being mined and refined in China. They're being constructed in China. They're being shipped from China. So we're making it, we're taking an energy system that was independent for a short time and making it reliant on China. Do you trust China? I don't. I don't uh, you trust know, China. I, the, um, gosh, you said something and now I've, I, I forgot what it said. I, I almost interrupted and I didn't, and, but I forgot what, what you said. So I don't know. Well, all right, I'll give you another uh, thing that has come up, and they keep on telling us that petroleum is a fossil fuel, and it has limited supplies, and it's not renewable. Now, that's a lie, isn't it? Over the long term, it's renewable because uh, things die and get compressed, but over the short term, it's not. But it's not important whether it's renewable over the short term or not. Uh, we're not running out anytime soon. We've got plenty of fossil fuels. Beautifully, uh, the market, when it's allowed to work, creates new technologies and has consistently. We have more proven reserves now than we've burned 
up to this point in history. Why? New technologies to discover new fossil fuels, to use fossil fuels more efficiently. So we're, we're nowhere near running out of fossil fuels. You know, the idea of peak oil or peak natural gas, it's not the case that we don't deplete reservoirs. We do. And we discover new ones. Or we discover ways to produce from reservoirs that we thought were depleted previously. So that's not, that's, you know, that's not a real, that's not a real scare. Now, I also read recently that in order to, quote, reduce the price of fossil fuel, because they know that the gas is going to be going up, that instead of 10% ethanol, it's going to be 15% ethanol. What is that going to do to the automobile or the well, engines? We've already, uh, we've, we've already got 15% in most places. E15 is not uncommon. Uh, it's bad for older automobiles. It's really bad for dangerous for older automobiles. If you've noticed your get your local gas stations, a lot of the older ones have closed because it was cost too much to install the new tanks where the water wouldn't separate from the uh, from the ethanol. You know they're they're already going to that. What they want to go to is E85, where it's 85 percent ethanol, not 15. So we're That's, gonna burn our food. We're already doing <laughs> yeah, a food yeah, shortage. Yeah. We're already doing it. Yeah, no, we're already burning. We're taking good food stock and and turning it into fuel. It's uh, it's immoral. It's it's bad for us. The government, once again, that's it's one of those things that it wouldn't have happened if left to the marketplace. But the government got involved. The government set the standards, and the government ponied up the money. And so we have it. That's right. It's all about the money. It's always about the money. And if we had a real Congress that really wanted to stick to making America strong again, they might shut down some of these programs that are blatantly just giving away money into programs that they know that we know won't work. And yet we're giving them money. And we do it over and over again. And maybe we should be building some of those refineries that we haven't built in years and years and years. And maybe we should be enhancing and encouraging the use of fossil fuel and the use of clean coal. I don't think the industry is doing a wonderful job of showing the, the country how clean their energy is. Well, so I think makes- it's hard for them. I think it's hard for them. When you see a commercial that's 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 labeled Exxon or you see something from the National Coal Council or something like that, you know, some association, a lot of people just don't trust it. They, they say, oh, well, it's propaganda. It doesn't matter if it's true. They don't get to the point to looking at it, whether it's true. How how can you convince people who don't trust you to trust you just by telling them to the truth? Right. You know, they've got to trust you before they'll before they'll accept uh, uh, the truth. I had a I had a, a mentor who used to tell me people don't care what you know until they know you care. And because they don't think big business cares for them, they don't care what knowledge they have. They don't trust them. And but yet for some reason, to me this is inexplicable, but for some reason they trust big government. <laughs> wow. And <laughs> when you think of it that way, that's really incredible. What a job our proper ministry of propaganda has done through the use of these NGOs whose job is just to go and actually what their job is is to bring a lawsuit tie everything up in court, and hopefully get a judge that will side in their favor, continue the process. In the meantime, we're stuck and we can't use fossil fuel or we can't use whatever it is that the environmentalists are going after. And that is really 
criminal. Uh, and you're right. It is evil. It's not that they're ignorant. It is that they are evil. They, Their plan, their desire, their everything is control, total control, totalitarian, with tyranny, with dictators. Then they still won't be happy because I, this is a crowd that will never be happy. I remember what I wanted to say. So let me uh, let me get it out before I forget it again because I'm old. <laughs> the, two things. You mentioned in other countries where they might have 12 hours a day. Look, you're being optimistic. There are entire regions of country where they don't have an hour a day of electricity. There are more than a billion people that suffer from energy poverty. Lots of people don't have electric power. And the Enviro solution is ship them a, a, a solar panel and a battery and tell them to keep their hospital open or their clinic open. That, that's a recipe for death. Yep. There, it, you want to talk about the U.S. Let's talk about the reality of that. You said they want to take us back so we have candles. You're not far off the mark. If we go to net zero, do you know where we'll be in our emissions profile in the history of the U.S.? The eighteen hundred, the early 1800s, 1800s yeah. right? Around eight, between 1804, 1820, something like that, if we get to net zero. That's where the U.S. technology will have to be as far as how much emissions we produce from our power plants, concrete energy system, transportation. I don't know many people who want to go back and live in the 1820s before, you know, indoor plumbing, quick transportation, you know, uh, manual labor in the fields. And by which I mean, not just sometimes having to harvest, you know, a lot of fruits and things are still harvested by hand, but corn isn't, neither's wheat, neither's cotton, but we'll have to go back to that, right? I can just see the horse and buggy. Yeah. Going down the middle in San Francisco with right a diaper on, with the homeless with a people with a diaper on. Yeah. Oh, this is folks. This election is probably going to be the end of the end or the beginning. And I am optimistic. I hope it'll be the beginning. What do you think, Sterling? Uh, what do you think the flavor of the people are? Do you think the people have bought into this? What I, I, I honestly, I, I'm terrible with political predictions, I honestly didn't think a turtle who didn't come out of his shell could be president. Um, I, I honestly didn't think a man who couldn't stop sniffing children's hair and couldn't get through a sentence without bumbling and stumbling could, would ever be president of the United States. And I was wrong. And was it stolen? I don't know. There's, there was some fraud, but I don't know if it's sufficient, you know, fraud, bad votes to, to overturn the election. But the point is, he is president. I didn't think it was possible. So, and I thought that there would be a bigger wave during the midterms. Once again, Sterling Burnett's not, you know, he doesn't have that crystal ball. So I don't know what they'll do. Well, now we have split government. We had two years of Democrats controlled everything. Either things didn't get accomplished or what got accomplished was really, really bad. The voters then went to the polls and gave the Democrats a, a larger group in the Senate, but turned over the House to Republicans by a small margin. I honestly don't know what they'll do in the next election because it seems that opinion is so virulent, virulently and and sharply divided, almost evenly split. It is. It's sad to see when you realize what all the lies are. Sterling, unfortunately, we're at the end of our segment. However, I'd like you to come back and explain when they finished with this EPA ruling. Uh, maybe you can explain it to the folks, because for the most part, they write it in language that nobody can understand. And then we wind up losing things like our gas stoves. So if you will be 
willing to come back. We'd love to have you back um, again. And this has been a pleasure as always. And please tell everyone where they can find you and your writing. Well, Karen, I'm always happy to, happy to come on. I always enjoy doing your show. So you you reach out with a date and a time and we'll, we'll set it up. As far as where they can find me, it's www.heartland.org and www.heartlanddailynews.com. We have some other websites, Climate Change Weekly, Climate Realism, Climate at a Glance. Go check them all out. If you want to know anything about climate, we're the place to go. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sterling. It has been a pleasure as always. And I will get in touch with you. Folks, you have been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday at nine, uh, at nine in the evening and at seven in the morning. Please share this information. This is critical. We cannot continue to believe what the left is telling us because they lie constantly. Actually, whatever they say, just believe the opposite and you'll have a lot truer picture of what's going on. I will see you all next week and have a wonderful week and share this podcast. Thank you.